difficult, but know that God is with you in that press. And sometimes you get tested through what you're going through to see how long you're going to stand. And the Bible tells us to stand, do an all stand. And then he say again to stand, but you cannot stand without your armor. So we got to make sure our armor is on. And if our armor is on, we can stand through these difficult times. Amen. Father God, we just thank you. We praise you on this day. We lift you up. We glorify you, God, because you are God and above you there is no other. God, we thank you for bringing us together once again in fellowship. We thank you that you are in the midst of us and everything that we need in this place on today. God, you have already provided for us, so we receive it right now in the name of Jesus. We receive your healing power upon our bodies. I command healing in this place. From the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. And as I'm speaking, God, I command healing to the nations in the name of Jesus. God, I speak life upon everyone all over the nations in Jesus' name. Be healed, be made whole, rise up off of your bed of affliction in Jesus' name. God, we thank you and we praise you, God, that everybody that's in the need, Father God, that you have already provided. So I command your blessings today to come upon your people, God, for you have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, God, by Christ Jesus. So we receive that right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for a move of your spirit, God, as the word of God goes forth on today. I thank you that people's hearts are open and they're receptive to your word on today in Jesus' name. And now, God, I thank you that I have been, not going to be, but I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who live in us. And the life that we now live in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loves us and who has died for us. So all of this, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Open your Bibles to St. John, the fourth chapter. And we're going to continue our journey on living by faith. Amen. Because we're in a time that we have to live by faith. I'm going to start at St. John, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 46. St. John, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 46. And we thank God for his word because this is God's word for his people. And we want to honor him while his word is going forth. The word of God reads, So Jesus came again into Canaan of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, sir, come down ere my son, my child die. Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus has spoken unto him, and he went his way. I want to talk about, we're still talking about um, living by faith, but I want to talk about as you live by faith, you go your way. You go your way. When you ask God for something, you go your way because you trust in God, and that's what faith is. Faith is having reliance, is having assurance upon God and no other. That means your faith is in him and in what he's already done. 
So we're going to briefly go over so far what we have went over. We know that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the assurance of things not yet seen. So when we look at faith as the substance, that means that it's your assurance, it's your title deed. You have it in your hand. Whatever you're hoping for, faith is what helps you to believe in what you're hoping for. So we know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Those that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That means that you must believe in the existence of God. You must believe that God exists. When we don't take God at his word, when we don't lean and depend on him, we are looking at a God that does not exist. We're looking to man. And remember I told you several Sundays that we always go over this. God is not man. That he should lie. We should not put God in the category of man. And that's what we're doing. We're putting man above God. God created man. We don't look at uh, man as being God. Yes, God used man, but man is not God. So God is not man that he should lie. And the reason why he say he's not man that he should lie is because man will tell you something one day and change their mind the next day. Or they already changed their mind while they're saying it. They're just saying it. But God does not change. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He said, I change not. And the word of God says that not only is he's not man, according to Numbers 23, it says that he's not the son of man, that he should repent. That means he don't change. He said, have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? Shall I not make it good? God is saying, whatever I speak, it's going to come to pass. So he said, my word is not coming back to me void. He said, the word that's spoken, which is my word, is not coming back to me void, but it's going to go out and accomplish that which I please. It's going to prosper in the thing that I sent it to do. This is why he said he sent his word and he have healed us. He has delivered us from our destruction. He sent the word. The word is Jesus. When he sent Jesus, he sent Jesus with healing, not in one area, but in every area of our lives. But it takes faith to believe these promises. It took faith for you to become born again. And how this works is when you hear the word of God, the word of God say faith comes by Hearing and hearing comes by what? The word of God. So when you begin to hear the word of God, your faith rises up for the word of God. And then you begin to see manifestation through the word of God. But we must have faith. He said without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we have to have the faith of God. And he has given all of us the measure of faith because part of the fruit of the spirit is faith. So let's go into what's happening here in John, St. John, the fourth chapter. When we look at this, it was um, a miracle that happened in Canaan of Galilee. And Jesus was going back to Canaan. That miracle was where the water was turned into wine. And if you look at that, when we go into John 2, it talks about where Mary came to Jesus and told Jesus they didn't have no wine. So Jesus response her is basically he knew it was not yet his time woman what would you have me to do but she knew that Jesus had power 
to turn that water into wine. She knew that he was there, that the word was there. And if the word was there, everything that was needed was there. So what Jesus did, he took the water pots and he just told them to put water in there. Jesus had so much faith in God that he knew that whatever was spoken according to the word of God, that it was already done. He didn't have to check. He didn't have to have them to look in the water pots. He said, just pour the water in. When they poured the water in, after they poured it in, but before they did that, Mary said, do what he says. So that's telling us that we have to do what the word says in order to get what the word is already provided. We have to be obedient according to the word of God. Y'all, it takes obedience. Even though we are up under grace, even though we are up under his mercy, even though grace provided everything, because the word of God said, by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Remember, your faith is, is what access the grace that has already been provided for you. In grace is everything that you need. But to get what grace have provided, it must come through faith. And that faith must be your belief in what God has done through grace. So Jesus, he was um, acting upon faith. So what he did, she said, whatever he says, do it. So Jesus told them what to do. They poured the water in there. Now, after they poured it in there, y'all, it was so simple. He said, now pour it out. So they poured it out, and there was wine. They, they sent it to the, um, the, the high official that was in that wedding, and he said, why did you save the best for now? So everything that God do, does is going to be better than what the world does. Now, I want y'all to understand this. And this is the problem with the church. The church is putting the world and God together. You cannot do that. Light and darkness does not mix. When God says this is already done, it's already done, he don't need help. He just needs for you to believe in what he's saying. We don't have to try to do anything to get God to do nothing. God has done everything that he's going to do. So we take what he's already done and we apply it to our lives. And that takes faith. So this, um, in another miracle is getting ready to take place in Canaan of Galilee. This says where he made the um, water wine and there was a certain nobleman. So this was a high official. This was... When you um, look at it, it says it was the king's important officer, and it was a royal official. So this man had some status. This man that had some status, guess what? He was coming to Jesus. Come on, y'all. That takes humility because he was in a high position. So he had to humble himself to come to Jesus. So he came to Jesus on the behalf of his child because his child was sick at the point of death. The child was dying. So when he came to Jesus, this is what Jesus said unto him. He said, except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now we know that when we um, speak the word of God, signs and wonders shall follow those that believe. We understand that. But what Jesus is saying, he does not want us to depend on a sign and a wonder to believe him. We should believe him outside of signs and wonders because the devil can perform signs and wonders. So if you get your heart stuck on signs and wonders, then that's what you're going to look for in order to believe God. Go back to Doubt and Thomas. 
What did Dalton Thomas do? All those disciples was in the room except Dalton Thomas. So they told him, they said, we have seen Jesus. He said, unless I see, he was talking about with his natural eye, unless I see the nail prints in his hand, unless I see how he was pierced in his side, I will not believe. He was honest. And some of us just have to be honest sometimes. We need to quit trying to fake it to make it and say that we believe, but deep down inside, we're not believing what the word of God says. Because God already know your heart, and he's looking at the heart of a man. So we see that Thomas said he wouldn't believe, not lest he saw, actually, you know, the the prints and stuff, and the, the nails in his hands, and the um, where he was pierced in his side. So when Jesus came in, guess what? Jesus already knew Thomas' heart. So Jesus met him where he was. He began to show him what he asked for. But after he showed Thomas that, he said, Thomas, blessed are those that have not seen, but yet still believe. And that's where God wants us as believers. He wants us to be in a place to say, God, I don't have to see it to know that you already done it. God, I know that you already done it without seeing it because you are God. And sometimes we wait on things to happen before we believe God. That's not faith. Remember, faith is, the Bible say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means you have the title deed in your hand for what you're hoping for. That's what faith is doing. It's helping you to believe in what you're hoping for. Even though you haven't seen it in the natural, you see it supernaturally and you're saying it's already mine. But people are saying that how can you say something is yours and it's not in your hand? Because that's what faith is. Faith believes in the unseen and not the seen. And the more you believe in the unseen, you bringing it into the same. And you knowing, first of all, that you have it before it's seen. Why? Because that's how we operate as spiritual beings. Go back to the beginning. In Genesis, the Bible says that God said, and it was. God began to speak. He speak what he was seeing supernaturally. And it says, God said, let there be light. In the natural, it didn't look like it was no light. But the word of God said, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God knew that there was going to be light even when light wasn't there. Because that's what faith does. Faith believes in the supernatural. The natural is your five senses. We have talked about all of us are sitting in a chair. If I told somebody to stand up and sit in the middle of that aisle, they would say, you're crazy. Why would you want me to sit in the middle of an aisle and there's no chair there? Faith sees the chair, even though the chair is not there. So faith will sit down in a chair that's not there because faith believes in the unseen and not the seen. It is so easy to get on a plane with a pilot flying the plane. And that still ain't easy for me. Even though man is flying it, it still ain't easy for me. See, I got to get my mind right and God has to tell me to get on the plane. So, but check this out, y'all. How many of y'all know the pilot is flying the plane? Have you went up there where the pilot was to see if he was sitting in the seat? Come on, somebody. Have anybody checked the credentials of the pilot to see if it's truly a pilot? Anybody? Or have you just got on the plane and you're ready to take off and don't know where you're going? Ain't nothing but open air. 
I'm going somewhere. You can get on a plane, waiting to reach your destination, but God give you a word and you question God. God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. God said, have I not said it? And shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? And shall I not make it? Wait a minute. Y'all got to understand. He said him, not you. He just wants you to grab hold to him, not you. God said in order to walk by faith, you got to let go of you. And that's so difficult for some of us. Because we have depended on ourselves for so long, me, myself, and I, it is hard to let go of me. Maybe I'll let go of me, but I got to keep I. I might let go of I, but I got to keep myself. See, this is what we do. We try to keep ourselves outside of the word of God. You cannot keep yourself outside of the word of God. It will never work. It may look like it's working, but it ain't working. Because the enemy wants you to think that you're doing this yourself. See, I have learned when the Bible say be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, in the natural, you're looking at me as being strong. But I know it's supernatural that's keeping me where I am because I couldn't keep myself. Through all the trouble that's going on in the world, through all the stuff that's popping up everywhere, I cannot keep myself. That's why my dependency have to be on what he says and not on how I feel. Because one day I may feel this way, the next day I may feel that way. But my feelings begin to change. The more I get into the word of God, I'm living off of who I am in him and not who I am in me. So if you never get into this word, you're living naturally. You're living according to natural. You're living according to what man is saying. But when you're in this word, you say, I hear what you're saying, but that's not what my God have said. And if you keep believing man, you would believe that it's true and actually it's a lie. The Bible says in the last days, even the elect would be fooled. And some of us are getting fooled by media. Because we're not in the word of God enough. Did y'all know that media can make something sound so good that you're in agreement with them and then it begin to happen just like they said? Whomever you touch and agree with, that's what come to pass, whether it's good or bad. If you touch and agree with evil, this is why the witches, witchcraft works on people that believe it. When you touch and agree with those sorcerers, you believe it in what the sorcerer says. Y'all, if we didn't have a media, the enemy got to have an outlet. He had to have somebody he can whisper in their ear and say, say this. Put this out here. They only have facts. They get it from other people. Don't even know whether it's a reliable source or not. They just need to put it in the media to get somebody to say what they're saying. Words have power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So we have to understand that the things that we take in are the things that we begin to meditate 
on. And the longer we meditate on those things, they become a part of us. For as a man thinketh in his heart, according to Proverbs 23, 7, so is he. So does he become. The enemy know if I can mess with your mind, I got you. I got you. If I can get into your mind, he said, I, I, I know I can't touch your spirit. But if I touch your mind, he said, I got your will. I got your body. So you ain't going to line up with the spirit. So you're not going to get what God has provided. So you're going to put God in the category with man. And that's what the enemy want. Because he is about death. He's not about life. So if you're hearing about death all the time, you need to be turning that around and you need to speak life. You need to speak, God, you have given us life and you have given us life more abundantly. And God, I'm going to live this life that you have provided for me according to the word. Because your word said man does not live by bread alone. But by every word, every word, every word, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. But you got to know what's proceeding out of God's mouth. You got to know what God has already said. Y'all, it's already written. What's written is not going to change. The only way it changes if we add to it and take away from it. And God said, don't add to my word. He said, don't take away from my word. My word is what it is. And the only way my word is going to work is according to what I said, not what you want it to be. Because we got people adding to God's word. We got people committing fornication and committing adultery and living certain ways they shouldn't live. And they say, it's okay. The devil is a lie. That's not what God says. God tell you to flee fornication. Fornication is sin. Jesus died for every sin in the world. If he died for it, do you think he's saying it's okay for you to live that way? He wants us to live a righteous life. We're supposed to live differently from the way that we lived before. If I used to lie before, now that I'm in him, I'm no liar no more because he's no liar. I'm living by him and not by me. If I lied at times, guess what? It ain't on him, it's on me. So that's why I repent. Because the Holy Spirit helped me to recognize that's not true. That's not true. You done gone in the line now. Some of us know when we're lying and we're too ashamed to turn it around the truth. Because we done got the lie out of there, out there. And now it's going to make us seem as if we don't know what we're talking about. Now you're in pride. And where there is pride, there will be a fall. So it's time for us. To live this life of faith according to the word. So this royal official, this official was coming to Jesus. He was humbling himself. He was letting Jesus know what was going on with his son. But Jesus knew. He said, unless you see a sign and wonder, you won't believe. So Jesus was saying, y'all, we cannot depend on signs and wonders to believe God. We're supposed to believe God outside of what we see. That's living by faith. God, if I don't see it that don't mean you haven't already done it god if my body don't feel like it need to feel that does not mean that you have not healed me because healing is in my spirit and the more i tap into my spirit and get my mind renewed my body is gonna follow who i am i am the healed of the lord not because my body is aching that don't mean that i'm not healed That means that my body is showing some symptoms of something that it does not suppose to be showing. So I'm going to.
to go into the word of life and I'm going to tell my body, you get into alignment. Because the word of God said you were already healed. So I command you in Jesus name to be healed. Now quit your acting like you're healed. I want you to be healed. Remember when Jesus spoke to the fig tree? He spoke to the fig tree because the fig tree was speaking to him. How many of us know our body speaks to us every day? Our body tells you when it's hungry. Our body tells you when it don't feel good. Our body tells you when it want to go fornicate. When it want to go commit adultery. Your body tells you a lot of stuff. And the reason why your body tells you that because it's in the mind. When you get a thought in your mind, that's not sin then. Because everybody thinks sinful thoughts. When you act upon that thought, that's sin. Because you can have a, a mountain full of thoughts that ain't right. That's why the Bible says you have to cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself. When that thought keep coming and coming, say, wait a minute, you're getting out of here. You can't stay here because, see, the enemy know the more you think about what you're thinking about is what you're going to become. So when we sit there and we let it ride and we lay down in it, guess what? We're giving it permission. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. And the more you think, that's what you're going to project. That's what you're going to be speaking. And you're going to think that you're right. So Jesus said, unless you see a sign, he said, you won't believe. Unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. And this man responded to Jesus. He told him, he said, the nobleman said unto him, sir, come down, lest my child die. And look what Jesus told him. Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy son live. Guess why Jesus did that? Jesus said, I'm going to show you that you don't need no sign and wonder. Only thing you need to do is take me at my word. This is what God said living by faith is. Take me at my word and go your way. No matter what your body is screaming, take me at my word, go your way. No matter what your bills are saying, take me at my word, go your way. See, that's what he want us to do because some of us have financial problems. Some of us have things going on in our bodies. Some of us have things going on with our children, on our jobs. When you pull a promise of God out of this word, you're supposed to take that word for exactly what it's saying and go your way. You don't supposed to sit there and wonder and wait. Faith lives by what the word says. Faith don't sit there and wonder when God's going to do it. You in doubt. God said, faith, just go your way. That's what he said. He said, go your way. And when the man went, the Bible said he went because he took Jesus at his word. How many of us truly take Jesus at his word? How many of us honor the word so much that we're saying, God, I'm in a place right now, just like the man said, He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because we can be believing, but still have some unbelief. And God will help you and meet you where you are. Why? Because he know your heart. Everybody can be saved, but not in the same place. What am I saying? In the same place of believing. Because some people can still be saved, but they may believe in, I got to do this to get God to do this. See, that's self-righteousness. That's believing in themselves to get it done. And what God actually do, he will put you in a place 
or put you around people to get you out of your self-righteous mode. He will let you know you don't have to do nothing but believe in what I said. This is why you have to watch where you go and who you sit up under. Because if you sit up under people telling you this is what you got to do to be saved, run for your life. Because that's not what you don't have to do nothing to save yourself. Jesus already saved you. You just have to believe in what he has done. So we appropriate the grace of God through faith that is given to us by God. This is why Jesus, when the fig tree began to talk to Jesus, he knew he had authority over that tree. He knew he created that tree. He knew what that tree supposed to be doing. Jesus spoke to the tree. What did he do? He didn't sit there and wait for it to die. He knew it was already dead, even though it looked alive. That's how we supposed to be. Even though in the bank it looks as if it's nothing there, we're supposed to have a heavenly bank account that we see it full of everything that we need. So I'm not going on my natural bank account that's in red. I'm going on my super um, naturally bank account and I'm going to grab what's in my supernatural bank account and I'm going to bring it down here to the natural. Though it looked like it's nothing there, God you said that you have already blessed me. Already blessed me mean it's already mine. So I'm going to live like it's already mine outside of what I see in the natural. Because faith is now. It's the subject of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. And how me and my husband have gotten so far is by faith. Because if we went on things in the natural, we wouldn't make it. We wouldn't make it. We wouldn't have what God has already given us. Because we don't look at the natural now. It may shake us a little bit sometimes because we're human. But I have to wake up and I have to say, wait a minute, God. That's not what you said. And sometimes you want to do this to fix it. And I said, well, if I do that to fix it, God, you ain't in it. I'm in it. So I'm putting man above you. So God, you told me those that wait upon the Lord, you shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. God, I want to walk and not faint. So I'm going to wait on you, God. I'm going to wait on you and see what the outcome is going to be. How do we know he's God if we don't wait? The reason why we don't wait, we get anxious. We begin to tell other people our business for one that don't know God. We begin to go to people that don't even open up the word. We begin to go to people that ain't even saved. We begin to take counsel from the ungodly. We begin to go on what they're saying and not on what the word is saying because we believe that they can get us out of this. The Bible tells us we do not take counsel from the ungodly. We do not sit in the seats of the scornful. We do not do that. But we meditate on the word of God day and night. And as we meditate on that word day and night, we're going to be blessed. We're going to be successful. We're going to be like a tree that's standing, that's sitting by what? The water. And that water is the word. And the word is giving that tree the nourishment. So whatever comes, that tree does not fall. That tree may be swaying, but it ain't going nowhere. So that's where God wants us to be, y'all, with our walk of faith. Because we're living in a time now, we have to go our way. We have to take what God is saying and go our way because we can't believe man. Man is like a windshield wiper. From this channel to this channel, it's a different saying. It's a different report. Why? Everybody's trying to outdo everybody. 
Everybody on one channel is trying to get more numbers than somebody on the next channel. You better watch who's speaking. You better hear the voice of the Lord when you flipping trying to find out what's going on. You better hear what God is saying and not what man is saying because God is not man. He is your answer in a time as this. Man is only reporting what somebody else said to them. They need to get in a place. That's why we have to pray for man. We have to say, God, we speak that you put people in places. That's why God put people in places. Daniel went to Babylon, y'all. But Daniel was protected while he was in Babylon. Why? Because he had to be a mouthpiece for God. He had to show God's glory in the midst of what they were doing. He had to let them know, my God is higher than your God. So we have to speak that God put people on, on the CDC. He put people in the White House. He put everybody where they need to be for such a time as this to turn man's heart towards God so we can do what God would have us to do during this pandemic. That's how our prayer is supposed to be. Nobody is perfect. I want y'all to understand this. We're putting men in a category of who's more perfect than the other. There's no man on this earth perfect. You're perfect in your spirit. There is no flaws in your spirit. Understand that. Because the spirit you have is from God and there is no fault in God. There's no flaws in God. It's nothing but truth in your spirit. But your soul is the problem. This is why we have to renew our minds on a daily basis. We cannot be conformed. Do y'all catch the scripture? It says, be not conformed. That means conformed is going after the patterns of the world, the way the world does things. Be not conformed. I got to say it again. Be not conformed to this world. The patterns, the way the world's are do, the doing things. Christians are being conformed to the way that the world is doing things because they say, well, I'm in the world, but the next part say you're not of it. You're in it, but you're not of it. So you're different from the world. Remember Mark from Ark? Mark was still acting like he was from Ark, but he was where? In the United States, I guess. <laughs> But he was acting from the place he was because that's how he got trained. It was hard for him to change. And the more Mindy tried to change him, guess what? It didn't happen. He would go back to the same pattern. So she started acting like who? Mork for more. See, whomever you around, that's whom you become. You cannot tell me, and I'm going back into this. We call ourselves. Some of us, we're dating. We're just dating. You know, we're just there for one another. At one point, you're going to be together. Christians, God has made a way for male and female to sustain themselves until marriage. But people say that is not possible. That's the devil talking. Because your body is going to cut up. Your body is going to act up. Your body is going to want that man and want that woman. But if you're in the word of God, you're going to want this more. Because the Holy Spirit will help you more than a cold shower. The more you go to the good book, the more you go to what's written, it's going to transform. See, the, that's the world's way of being conformed to the world. That's the world's way. Just go ahead and do what you got to do and get it over. Repent. That's God's grace. 
No, you just lead yourself down a road of misery. You bringing curses back on yourself. Jesus had done away with the curses, but if we go outside of what God has done, we put now self under the curses. So this is why we got to pull back from what the world is doing and we have to be different. And some people say, now come on now, you can do this and you can do that and this won't happen. Eventually it's going to happen if you ain't keeping this word before you. So we have to flee these things and the only way we can flee them is through the word of God. And you know what? Some people have the audacity to say, people single, they ain't been single that long either. They lesbians or the homosexuals or they this, that, or the other. Ain't no way they can stay single for 30 years and ain't doing something. Somebody just lying. That's between them and God. Because whatever is hidden, it's going to be revealed. Because when you... Sin lies at the door, y'all, and wait. Satan don't mind waiting. That's why the Bible said he's like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he can devour. He's seeking. He's trying to find a weakness in your life. He's got them little nymphs watching you on a daily basis to see what stirs you up the most. He see where you get upset the most. So that's the area he's going to pounce on. That's the area he's going to bring people in your life to tell you negative stuff so he can have lead way, way in your life. But Jesus said that we cannot depend, y'all, on signs and wonders. We cannot depend on signs and wonders. He said unless you see a sign and wonder, that's the only way you're going to believe. So what Jesus was doing, he was showing him how to believe without seeing it first. So he said, go thy way. So immediately the man took him at his word. He went his way. And as he went his way, by taking Jesus at his word, guess what happened? Y'all know what happened. And verse 51. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. This is what living by faith means. Living by faith means I'm going to go my way. I'm going to go on about my father's business. Because I trust my daddy enough to know if he spoke to me and he told me to trust him, that's all I can do at this point. Sometimes God just tells you to trust him. That's the first thing. God is not going to give you everything at one time. He's going to give you step by step to see if you're going to follow his instructions. He's going to say, trust me with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. Acknowledge me in all thy ways. And then I should direct thy paths. So you trust in him. You've been trusting him for a week. You've been trusting him for two weeks. You've been trusting him for three weeks and seem like it's the same thing. You've been trusting him for four weeks. Seem like it's the same thing. You've been trusting him for five weeks. The same thing. Now it's getting into months. It's the same thing. Now it's getting into years. It's the same thing. But God said, I don't change. What I said to you the first time, I'm going to say it again. Trust me. See, what God is doing, y'all, he's given us a testimony to let people know this wasn't man. This was me in this. So see, sometimes God will have us to wait in certain areas to build up our faith in him 
and not in man. He want us to, to trust him to the point of, God, here I am. Here I am, God. I need your help. God, where are you? He want to know really where your heart is. This is why those Egyptians, they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. And I believe it was an 11-day journey, 7, 11-day journey. Yo, 40 years. The reason why God said, I want to try you. I want to see where your hearts was. But even in trying them, God was still taking care of them. Their shoes didn't wear out. The clothes didn't wear out. They had food. And they didn't like the food that they had. And they began to complain. And God was satisfying them with bread from heaven. And bread from heaven wasn't enough. So look at where we are today. We have everything that we need supernaturally. But some of us saying, that ain't enough. I need something down here naturally. God said, when you tap into the supernaturally, you're going to be living super in your natural. It's not going to phase you no more. You're not going to worry about what you shall eat. You're not going to worry about how you shall um, be clothed. You're not going to worry about these things because you know that the world worry about these things. But you're seeking first the kingdom of God. And you're seeking him to the point that you're living according to the kingdom. That's where God want to get us, y'all. He want us to live according to the kingdom, not according to this world. He want us to live as kingdom citizens, as ambassadors, knowing that the king take care of his citizens. Knowing that when we call on God, when things are happening here on earth, when we begin to call on him, when we begin to trust in him, God provides for us. Now, sometimes it may not be when you want it. But God know when it's needed. Because if God just gave us everything when we wanted it, we wouldn't realize that he's God. So God takes his time and show us where we are in him. In, in my walk with God, the things that I went through in my life, I never thought I would go through them. Never. Never thought I would go through them, you know. I'm like, oh, everything is happy-go-lucky, good marriage, kids doing okay, good job, all of this. But when things began to happen in my life, I began to question God, what did I do so bad for these things to happen? And you know, the answer is, you're serving me. Now, part of those things that happened was on me. Because when we don't listen to what God tell us and do with what he put in our hands, then we go through some things. But in going through those things financially, God is still in the midst of us to show us how to come out. So we don't have to go back through it. See, don't think that you're not going to go through some things, y'all, here on this earth. As long as you're here on this earth, you're going to go through something. But as you go through it, when you bring God into what you're going through, you're going to get through it. Remember, Jesus said, don't take them out the world. He was praying that they're kept while they're in the world. He said, sanctify them in truth. Sanctify means set them apart in truth. We're supposed to be so set apart as Christians that they know that we're saved without us telling them that we're saved. They know that there's a difference in us than there is in the world. You don't have to get in people's face, face and announce you're saved, you're a new creature. They're going to know by the life that you live. They're going to know by what's said when people say something to you out the way. They're going to know that you turned the other way, that you didn't fall for what was being said. They're going to know that you're saved by the life you live, by the actions, by what you come back with. And if you come back the wrong way, because some of us have, because some of us still have pride. We don't want people to look at us no other way. 
the Holy Spirit that's in us begin to convict us of who we are now that we're in him and we don't miss a beat. We stop, we think about it, we go back to the person and say, that was wrong of me. I shouldn't have said what I said. Forgive me. That's humbling yourself. This high up official had to go to Jesus and humble himself. He had to humble himself before him because his child was sick unto death and he knew nobody else could save him but Jesus because he experienced the water being turned to wine. But Jesus was showing him, I'm going to show you how to live without seeing it. I'm going to show you how to take the word of God and go your way. That's what God wants for the body of believers. He said, I just want you to take my word when nobody's there to lay hands on you. Take my word when nobody is there to do anything for you. Take my word and go your way. Because we depend on man so much. And the reason why we do sometimes is because we get lazy. We don't want to take the time in the word of God for ourselves. So what do we do? We go our way and pick up the phone and call somebody and say, look, pray for me. But a spiritual person that's really in the spirit, they'll begin to teach them how to pray for themselves. They will begin to show them how to go into the word of God and open it up for themselves and know that man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. Now let's go into the word together and let me tell you what the word has to say unto you today. And as you begin to do that, and as you begin to build them up in the things of God, then look, they should quit calling you. They should begin to call on him more than they're calling you. Now, people will call you for spiritual counsel and advice. That's good. But you don't want that spiritual counsel and advice to lead to you. You want it to lead to God. It ain't about you. It's about him getting the glory. If you are missing people depending on you, it's because you're in pride. You want to be exalted. It is not about you being depended on. Because let me tell you something. When you leave this world, whom are they going to depend on? So if you're so worried about nobody come to me, nobody ask me nothing, there's a reason for that. Maybe God is seeing that you're not in the place that you need to be in for nobody to ask you nothing. Maybe God is telling you there's still some rejection there. You want people to come to you, hear me, see me, be attached to me. Then when people get attached to you, now you're whining because everybody calling on you. Quit acting like a windshield wiper. You want it your way. This ain't Burger King. This is the kingdom. You are a kingdom citizen. And God teaches you how to be a disciple so you can disciple others. And people act like they don't have enough to do. They want the pulpit. A disciple is busy. A disciple is about the father's business. A disciple is teaching others how to disciple. But we feel like if we're not in front of a camera, if we're not behind a pulpit, we're not worth anything. That's a lie. You got a whole world out here. You got people going through a pandemic. You got people that are dying without Christ and you looking for a pulpit. Piggly Wiggly your pulpit. The mold your pulpit. Everywhere you go is your pulpit. You don't have to come up in here to get behind a pulpit to tell people, thus says the Lord. Go out there and use what God has given you. See, if we don't have a crowd around us, we feel like we ain't doing nothing. You got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit with you. Just begin, I 
have a dog day, go and piggly wiggly and stand down now and say, God loves you today. Some of us don't want to do that. We want to come in the house of the Lord with people we're familiar with. They supposed to already know. We just come up in here and encourage one another in the things of God to teach you, to build you up, to send you right back out. You cannot stay in here. I'm going to tell you the honest God truth. This is why people got tested when they closed the churches. People were tested because people was wondering, what are we going to do now? You should have been doing what you should have been doing already. Serving God. Because we don't need a building to do it, y'all. Because whatever we need, God's going to provide. You can't shut down God. Come on, they tried to shut up Peter and John because they were speaking truth. But God sent an angel. Open the doors of the prison. They walked right out with the guard right there. They said, now go speak the words of this life. Go speak my words. They let them out. No matter where you are. The word cannot be in bondage. Because if you in the word and the word is in you, ain't no way it can be kept on the inside. Because when your cup is so full, yeah, the problem is we don't have no full cups. We have little drips every now and then. You know, we have little drips. What I mean little drips, you know how when you get real thirsty, you ain't got enough there, you just got enough for a little drip. We go in the Bible and we get little drips. (laughs) Little drips. Just get enough to say we said something. But you say in head, not heart. See, what's in your head? Don't last. Don't last. It's in your head. How many have ever studied for a test and waited to the night of the test to study? Miracle Temples, Clem School. You waited to the night to study and you get it all in your head. And then when you come to take the test, don't say nothing to me. Don't say one word. I'm taking this test. Don't say nothing. I'm off track right now. Hush. Don't say nothing to me. I got to make this A. It ain't about making A. It's about living it. Doctors, nurses, attorneys, judges, they go through all that learning. Doctors, eight years, sometimes ten years, all that learning. But let me tell you where the test is. When somebody is going into cardiac arrest, everything that you learn got to be put to action to save that life. What am I saying to you, Miracle Temple? Everything that you learn in Clem, it's going to be put to a test to see where you are, to see if you can minister salvation, to see if you can lay hands on the sick and heal them, to see if you can bring the blind man that's blind, bring sight back to the blind, the lame walking, the deaf. It's going to be put to a test. Everything that you learned in the word of God, you're going to be tested by what you have learned. Because the devil's saying, let's see what you're going to do now. And our answer should be, it ain't going to be me that do nothing. But it's going to be the power of God that comes through me to heal the sick. So the lame can walk, so the blind can see, so tumors and growths can disappear. So the miraculous can come forth. But God is teaching us, Miracle Temple, to live by faith. And the reason why he's still on this because... Right now, we have to. There's no other way. People are out of jobs. And I want to say this. I want y'all to pay attention. Unemployment, what they're giving, is better than what people are getting paid working. 
And if you get too used to that unemployment and you live in a lifestyle above where you was living before because of that pandemic money, when they cut it off, you're going to be on your knees. I'm going to say it again. You're going to be on your knees. You're going to be on your face. You're going to be crawling. You're going to be barking again like a dog. You're going to be saying, God, where are you? He said, I was still there when you were spending the pandemic money, and I'm still God. Now, I'm just, I'm, truth. When you have something in your hand is easy access, you act like you okay. You're going to know who God is when they cut it off. You're going to go back to really crying out now. See, when God gives you these resources, he said the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Come on, during this pandemic, he has made a way for the Christian folks to live the life that he wants us to live in some areas, to catch up some things. Come on. He has given us opportunity, but some people have taken the money and still holding on, waiting till the mall open. Don't want to pay whom you owe. Don't want to give into the kingdom. Now is my time to be beautified, to have what I didn't have before. Thank you, Jesus. But sometimes God wants us to look past us and see somebody else. He wants us to see those that don't have what we have. He wants us to help those that can't help themselves. God has made grace abound. He has made it for us abound. Given us sufficiency. But he want us to give it to others. Sometimes we miss the others because it's still me, myself, and I. When we're crying out too much about us, we need to check ourselves and say, wait a minute, God. It's about me again. God, if I know you the way I say I know you, I know I'm already taken care of even in the midst of what's going on. God, I know, God, that you're not going to be made ashamed of. God, if you took care of me then, you're still taking care of me now. But God, I need, I need your help. Holy Spirit, I'm calling on you. I can't do this by myself. Because there's people still out of work, y'all. Some people haven't got unemployment. Some people, and, and this, this is the thing. People that are out of work, they still have house payments. They have car payments. They have things going on. Come on, even if they send them 2000 a month, it ain't catching up what's lacking. So if you don't live by faith now and trust God, what else are you going to do? God is getting this world to a place of saying, if you don't trust me, that should be our message. 911, what is your emergency? Lost souls. How, how many times have I been saying that? Months, months. Been saying it for months. God want us to go out there. It's about the lost souls, y'all. Because if something happened, at least they know where they're going. So we have to focus on these lost souls. People are worried about what shall I eat. You're going to have food in your house. If you're part of the kingdom, God's going to give you what you need. He's going to bring it to you without you asking. Because that's just how good he is. Then God began to show me another person. That he told them. Go thy way. Y'all, it's easy for us to see that, isn't it? Go thy way. It's easy for it to be said, but when it's time for you to go your way, you're like, God, I can't go. 
God, I need a little bit more help. God, send down a miracle. Send something, God. I just can't do it, God, no more. Don't you see what's going on? Look at Mark, the seventh chapter. And this is dealing with the woman, seventh chapter, beginning at verse 25. It's dealing with the woman that had a daughter, and the daughter had an unclean spirit, and she heard of him. And the first thing that she did when she heard of him, she fell at his feet. Is that not showing humility? She was at the feet of Jesus, and she needed him. And this is where we need to be. We need to be at his feet, y'all. We need to be before him and say, God, I need you right now. God, I can't do it by myself. God, if you don't help me, nobody else can. God, here I am. And this is where this woman was. But check this out. This woman was a Gentile. And the Jews didn't have no dealings with Gentiles. But this woman came to Jesus. She fell at his feet. Jesus knew who she was. And she was asking him to cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled. For it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. Did he call me a dog? Come on, you bowing at his feet. And then Jesus is going to say, the children have to be filled first. She understood his language. They were Jews. He had to go to the Jews first. If the Jews wouldn't accept it, then it was going to be going to the Gentiles. Which she was a Gentile. But I love her answer. She didn't get offended by Jesus saying dog. Because she understood what it meant. Some of us take so much offense. But we have to stay in the spirit on the Lord's day. And this is what Jesus, the lady said. And she answered and said unto him, yes, Lord. She agreed with him. She said, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And what she meant was, she said, I understand that I'm a Gentile. She said, but like a dog is under the table waiting for a crumb. She said, I know that what you have, I need. So she said, I'm coming to you even though I'm considered a dog. I'm going to humble myself because I know you got what I need for my daughter. And this is what Jesus began to tell her. And Jesus said unto her, for this saying, go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. She had faith. In him outside of how people perceived her. Sometimes our perception of who we are will stop the faith that we already have from working in our lives. Some of us feel like because you done this or you done that, God won't heal, God won't deliver, God won't set free. This does not stop the word of God. When you grab hold to the word, God looks outside of what you've done. See, some of us as Christians are trying to get stuff right for God to heal us. We're trying to get stuff right for God to prosper us. God has already done those things. But the problem is there's blockers in our lives that's stopping the flow of the Spirit from coming forth. It's there already, but when these blockers are there, it blocks the flow, the flow, the healing anointing from coming in your life. So what do we have to do? We have to cultivate that ground. We have to cultivate that ground. We have to turn the grounds of our hearts over. Some of our hearts are so hardened. And the reason why our hearts are hardened and the word can't penetrate is because of what we're seeing, what we're hearing. It's coming through our natural senses. Because we watch what the world is saying for so long. The things that you put in your hearing for a long time, it becomes a stronghold. And the enemy knows that. And a stronghold is your way of thinking. The things that you think about the most 
are things that's going to attach to you. So when the word of God comes, it's just like a ping pong ball. It bounces off. That word is not accepted. That word cannot take root because you done fed yourself so much with the world that when the word come, even though you're saying, I know that's true, it keeps pouncing off. If you've been so hurt in your life from a man or woman, from friends, from family, when somebody truly come in your life and they want to love you, it's hard for them to love you because you won't accept that love because of the hurt that's been there for so long. You feel like I can't trust them. Everybody else has hurt me. But God could be sending you a godly man or godly woman in your life and you won't accept them because of your past hurt. So this is why we got to cultivate that ground, the ground of our heart. Remember in the Bible, it talks about those three grounds. There's that wayside, there's the rocky ground, there's the thorny ground. The sower is sowing the word, just like I'm giving you the word today. I'm the sower of the word, God's word. But if you are on the wayside, meaning that you're hearing this word, and the enemy know that change is getting ready to come, a wayside is where a farmer throws the seed on top of the earth. The earth hadn't been plowed up, nothing. It's just on top. So the bird come and he takes that seed. It's easy for him to take it. So a wayside um, person is a person that's hearing the word, but they ain't doing nothing with the word. The Bible say immediately Satan, immediately the wicked one come and snatch away that word. Why? Because he said, if you get understanding of that word, it's going to begin to take root. Now y'all understand like a seed. When we look at a seed and you put that seed in the ground, if that ground has not been cultivated, if weeds have not been taken away from that ground, guess what? That seed is going to be amongst all the other stuff, right? So we have to go through that germination process. And germination process, when a seed go in the ground, y'all, there's an embryo in the seed. That means that as soon as that seed hit the ground, y'all know how God put water up under the earth. He put it there for the seeds to grow. So when that seed go into the ground and the moisture get to that seed, the embryo burst open. It burst open and then you begin to have a root and the root have to go down into the ground. So you have to give that time to get in the ground before you pull it up. Sometimes we plant seeds and we look and we say nothing is happening. Why that seed is not growing? It takes time for that seed to grow. That's how it is for the word of God. Word. There have to be a change. You have to go into the word and get these weeds out. The worry, the doubt, the unbelief, the fear, the anxiety. It's a lot of weeds growing. And we're trying to plant the word with all of those weeds. But we have to ask the Holy Spirit, show me what's in me that's going to stop the seed, the word of God from growing on the inside of me, from taking root. The enemy, no. He said, you know what? Yeah, you accepted Jesus. Yes, you got born again. He said, but I still got a hold on you. He said, I still got areas in your life that has been planted in your life from birth. And if we don't deal with these areas, guess what? That seed won't be able to grow the way it needs to grow. This is why when you look at Matthew 13 and Mark 4, when you go in there and Jesus is telling about this farmer, he's telling how the word of God has to be kept. Remember when he put Adam in the garden, he said, Adam, I want you to tend this garden. I want you to guard this garden. What he was saying is, I want you to cultivate it. Whatever comes in this garden, I want you to get rid of it if it's not of me. 
So he had to tend it. He had to watch over it so it would be just like God intended for it to be. Now that we're born again, now that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus, it's time for us to dig up these thoughts, dig up these ideas, dig up these perceptions that we have already had, dig up religion, dig up tradition, go back into the word and be um, transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. The Holy Spirit is going to check you and say, that's not right. So you got to go into the word of God. You got to begin to search the word. You got to begin to study the word. You have to say, now I have always heard that. But the Holy Spirit said, check it. So you go, you say, dang, that ain't what God was saying. So that's why you're doing some digging up. Some of us is trying to plant truth on a lie. You got to dig up that lie first. And then you can begin to plant truth. So look at that first ground in Mark 4. In Mark 4, when you look at that first ground, it says that that was the wayside. Verse 16, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Y'all know how stony ground is. It's a lot of stones. It's a lot of rock. Who, when they have heard, the word immediately receive it with gladness. How many of us, when we hear the word of God, we receive it with gladness. We feel like, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, you're talking to me. Lord, I can do it. Lord, that's what I read. Look what happens and have no root in themselves. You hear a lot of people hollering, praising Jesus, and so endure for a time. Afterwards, when affliction, trouble, oppression, or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. That means they fall away. Look what happens. The ones that was making a joyful noise. The ones that were saying hallelujah. The ones that was telling people, believe God, he can do it. Oh, yes, he can. He did it for me. He can do it for you. This is what God is saying. Then when oppression come, then when persecution come, when trouble come, you fall away. Why? There was no root. You did not give the word that you heard time to take root. You didn't do it. You just took it in your head. You went on that word for maybe a week or two days. And all of a sudden, when somebody start hating you, when somebody dislike you because of you speaking the word that you heard, you heard it. You grab hold to it, but it hasn't taken root. Now you offended and you begin to fall away. You don't want to talk the word no more because somebody hurt your feelings. Oh, who hurt your feelings, baby? Shame. No, I'm going to say, if they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. Get up and go back. Because this is going to happen as long as you're in the world. Then there's somebody that planted in thorny ground. Listen at this. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. Everybody was hearing it. And the cares of this world. See, when we look at the cares of this world, How am I going to make it? What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. My money is acting funny. Deceitfulness of riches. Check this out. Unemployment don't last, not unless God change their heart. Right? Some of the stuff that they're giving us won't last, not unless God change their heart. It can be the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of the world. All of that come in. And then the Bible says, and the lust of other things enter in 
choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So everything, we, we can tell people God is good because money in the bank. We can tell people God is good because our body feel well. We can tell people that God is good because, hey, y'all, we got everything that we need, even things I'm lusting for. Hey, I got them. Got me a new car. Got me a new house out to deal. Hallelujah, it was my time. But did you seek the Lord while he could be found? See, it's easy to gather up all of these things during this pandemic. But the thing is, did God tell you to do what you're doing? With what is in your hands? So it says that these things come in and choke the word. Some of us, I, I see hands on your neck. You're being suffocated and it's not coming from COVID-19 because you can't breathe. It's coming from the cares of this world. It's coming from the deceitfulness of riches because you're so worried about what's going to happen now. Now that this has come, what is going to happen now? When we get those what ifs in, it's choking the word. It's choking what we have received. Some of us in Miracle Temple has been choked for years and we're still trying to live off of suffocation. We still refuse to get into the word of God because we think we know. We think we can fix it. We think we can create businesses now. We think we can do all of this stuff to make it. If you didn't make it before the pandemic came and wasn't trusting God, what make you think that you can live off of what the government is giving you and make it? Living by faith is not waiting on man. We're living. And if God choose to turn man's heart towards us to give us certain things, we don't abuse what God has given us. Now we take it in our hands and we lift it up like Jesus did with the two fish and five loaves of bread. And we begin to thank God for it. And we give it to him first and say, now what do you want me to do with it? See, it's like this. Up. Y'all know, out. Up. Out. Get it? Up and out. So we ask God, what do you want me to do with it? So you see these three grounds. But this is the ground he want us to be. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, 30, 60, and 100. You receiving it, you understand it, you have knowledge of it, and you're going to bring forth fruit. God wants us to bring forth fruit. He wants to be glorified through us. And the life of faith that we live is the faith that we're dependent on him and not on ourselves. When we truly depend on God, we don't go around worried. We go around giving him glory. For God, this is what you said. I don't know what to do, but you're my answer. So God, I'm going to wait on you. Because I want to make sure, God, that I'm hearing you. Do not let people influence you that don't know God. Because some people feel so sorry for you, they'll try to come up with a solution for you. The solution has already been made and it's through this word y'all everything we need is in this word and God want us to take him at his word and he want us to go our way that's what he's telling you today if you standing on the promise of God he said take my promise and go your way knowing that it's already done live like it's already done no in-betweens can't be no in-betweens. These people didn't stop and ask somebody. They went their way. 
They took him at his word, went their way. They didn't stop and ask mama, daddy, sister, brother, nobody. They went to him. And they took him at his word and they kept it moving. Do not keep lying down in your depression and your oppression and thinking man can save you. Man don't have a way like God does. God already saved you. He already delivered you. He's already set you free. But what's happening is, and I'm hearing the Spirit say this, we have allowed people and things to turn our heart from God instead of turning our heart to God. How do I know? Whomever or whatever you talk about the most is your God. If you're talking about you're depressed all the time, if you're talking about you never have enough all the time, if you're talking about you sick all the time, that's your God. And that's not God. But when you begin to talk about, even though I'm feeling this way, he is still God. You ain't lying about how you feel. But at some point, that needs to be cut off. And you need to be living by faith and not by sight. And that's how God wants us to live. It's not about us, y'all. It's all about him. He's saying to live by faith, you have to go your way. And that's going according to the word. Trust in him with what he said and don't look back and say, God, you said it. So I'm going to believe what you said outside of how I feel and outside of what people are saying. Because God will be glorified through you. Let God be glorified. The world need to see him now more than they have ever saw him, God, y'all. And the only way they can see him is through you. I may not be where you are, but God is there with you. Let him out wherever you go. On the phone, let him out. Because when you begin to talk about him on the phone, you bring life to people's houses. God begin to come in that house and begin to walk through that house. When you send in a word to somebody, you don't have to be at their house. You don't. Only thing you got to do is speak the word and the word comes to that house. And the word do what need to be done. The Bible say he sent his word. And it healed them. And delivered them from their disruption. So let's live by faith. Amen. Come on and get God a hand clap of praise.